0: Leafs 2-1 winners in overtime against Tampa Bay, which JB sets us up. And we were talking about this one even before we knew what the outcome was against Tampa Bay. The looking forward to Boston versus Toronto. Yeah. Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. It's starting to, starting to get good, JB.
1: Sheldon Keefe's first ever game coaching against the Bruins. Believe it or not. Stunning, I know.
0: All right. One guy that probably knows uh, the Boston Bruins... As good as anybody out there right now is our good pal, Billy Jaffe. Billy, what's up, buddy?
2: Kipper, I never never expected to hear you back, buddy, but it sounds great. Holy smokes. You, Legend. me. Back in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes, you and JB. What hey. a perfect can- tandem.
0: Hey, uh... It just ran out of people to ask, I think. <laughs> How are you? Busier uh, than ever? Uh
2: no, sadly. Uh, I'm busy, but not as ever. I was the busiest when I was you with you, buddy. That was the busy. <laughs> that was the busy time.
0: More me time.
2: Screwed up. <laughs> more more me time.
0: Uh you've you've watched this team for a long time, the Boston Bruins. Uh Patrice Bergeron with four goals last night he, he's not slowing well he, he did not get off to a good start and i know there was some talk about him in in the boston area uh maybe some reporting that he might be tired or lacking of energy that this could be the end and then he goes and scores four goals
2: camper well, hold, hold on one second you know the guys that talk like that the the, the one show that talk like that they never go to the rink to talk to the guys ever go to a game, they know what they're talking about. Now, with all that said, I get what sports radio is about. Patrice Bergeron didn't start out big time offensively, albeit he had a couple of assists the first few games. But he was still, Patrice Bergeron, like really like 60% in the face-off circles and covering the backsides of, Bergeron, of uh, Marchand and Pasternak at times in the D zone. And yes, he didn't produce offensively. And he didn't get as many chances. And by the way, the Bruins weren't getting power play chances. That was a big issue the first couple of games. And that's where he ends up getting a lot of goals. In fact, he scores three of his goals last night, three of his four on the power play in that bumper position, two of them right from that spot. But listen, the guys that talked about it, I mean, they honestly, it's just fodder. It's fodder to create something to talk about. That's what it comes down to. Bergeron, if he's tired He's, I mean, he's barely tired, if you know what I mean. He's fine. He's hardly played, for crying out loud. The team's played, like, no games. I think it's, like, eight games so far.
1: Yeah. So give us the scoop on what this year's Boston Bruins are. Like, when you say Bruins here in Toronto... All you just think of is just a juggernaut. Like, you know, looking at their year over year here, they, a couple of playoff rounds every year, a few years ago in the cup final. But, like, this is a team that has a chance every single season. Are they as good as they've been? Should Lease fans be as scared as always of this Bruins team?
2: Well, if they play them in the playoffs, I'd say yes, because the Leafs haven't proven <laughs> that they can beat them in the playoffs yet. Sorry, Leafs fans. It's just, well, fair, fair. I, it's just the truth. But But, I mean... You know what, JB? they I think this is a good team. I don't know if I don't think they're great yet. I, I do think that they need. Um, you know, look, it's a big identity change here. With forget Chara from a couple of years ago, no Tukarask and no David Krejci. Those are three mega uh, personalities, mega players that they have that are no longer there. So now what are they? There are a lot of new pieces. In no particular order they're Eric Howell and Nick Felino fellino not healthy just yet he's he's close to coming back and it's not the same back injury that it, it, it's not that, but it's his upper body um, you got uh you know thomas uh, Tomash nosek uh, you, you know you've got uh, Curtis Lazar, who's full time this year, obviously you got hall full time as well they had him just the end of last year, so there's a lot of different personalities with this team, and i don 't know j b exactly. What they are just yet because I don't think they know what they are just yet i don't I think that their defensive six or seven needs some looking into i i I think that that when it's all said and done will be the area that needs the most fixing or tweaking because yes you've got McAvoy who's an absolute young beast out there he's fantastic, Grizzlick is a nice guy- you know compliment great defender with his feet, mover of the puck. Carlo is a solid, really solid number two pair guy, really solid. After that, I think he got some pieces you need to look at and adjust here or there. I'd like to see him get some more size in particular. I, I, I think Bruce Cassidy is a fantastic coach. I think they still have a great culture, but you, to get back to your your question, what are they? I don't think they know just yet because of all the new pieces that they have.
0: Is Forbert and Mike Riley not playing like $3 million defensemen? Um, they, they are, and I mean, Forbert's a, but to me,
2: Forbert Kipper is a guy that plays, you know, PK for sure helps in the shutdown role, but they've had him now with everybody, you know, is he is that what they're going to do this year? Just piecemeal him with Charlie piecemeal him with Carlo and then Connor Clifton. I I mean, I think they're five, six when it's all said and done, maybe their six could definitely use some adjustment or addition. Um, it's been inconsistent, whether it's been Connor Clifton or Jacob Zaborl, Jakob or Jacob Zaborro. Um, you know, listen, Mike Riley had a really good game last night, had a really good game against Dallas. If he can play like that regularly, uh, then they're fine back there. I just think a lot – here's the other thing, Keper, you know this better than anybody we're talking to. They've hardly played games. They're not in the rhythm of NHL action. They've had two big breaks. Now they get a game. Last night they get a game. Saturday finally they got a few games out every other day. But then, bud, then they're off for five more days. Their schedule, not an excuse, just reality, has not been conducive to getting into a rhythm yet.
1: So the the crease question for me with this team is is an interesting one. Gave some money to Allmark this year. What, uh, what what's the crease situation for the Boston Bruins this year? Is it solid as it's been?
2: Well, it's different, solid. I, yep. I think, and again, it's an unknown. What's Jeremy Swayman going to be overall? Well, we don't know. He had 10 games of pro experience coming into this season. And yes, he's got all the makeup, physical and mental, of being a stud goalie. But Carter Hart, that's been a challenge. And I don't think the Bruins want to, uh, they don't, I don't think they want to be counterproductive to his development. So if that means, that eventually he needs to go to the American League. If it's not going well, they will. And that's where potentially, we don't even need to get into this yet, but Tuka Rask could come back. Tuka is skating. Tuka's recovered well from the uh, hip surgery. I hear, does he come back to the Bruins? Nobody knows yet. Nobody knows, but it's a possibility. But Ulmark definitely was leaky early on in preseason. New team for him. First diff- First time he's ever been with a different organization in Buffalo. He doesn't look as smooth as somebody like Tuca did because he's, he's, he's actually bigger than Tuca a little bit, a little different style, but he's gotten better since training camp finished. Go, goalie Bob or Bob Ascenza's worked with him a lot. He's getting into the rhythm. Is it rock solid? I think it's solid. I'm not ready to say rock solid just yet because I need another five or 10 games where these guys are probably going back and forth to see how they both handle it.
0: You could Kucherov, Tuca Rask, couldn't you?
2: Well, coach, you don't even need to. I mean, Tuch hasn't signed a contract, so he's a free agent. Oh, so that's right. It, uh, yes. Yeah, he hasn't signed. So, so he could just wait. But the question becomes: Is how long do you wait? Because don't you want him to get some games in before playoffs? And you know, he's you know he's ahead of schedule. Everything I hear, Kipper, so he could be ready to play. Let's. I'm I'm, I'm guessing here, January before it was supposed to be supposedly February. But if he's ready and he wants to come back, does he want to get back into action sooner rather than later? We don't have those answers just yet.
1: Another name that interests me quite a bit is uh, Jake DeBrusque. You know, kind of a guy, uh, high expectations, we know can do it. How's his season gone? He's got two goals in eight games, but he seems like a guy who never quite got to where expectations were, but can still be useful.
2: Really good this year. Yeah, Really good so far this year. Uh, Last night, DeBrusque on the left, Eric Howell in the middle, and that's been the pair for the th- for the eight games on that third line. Earlier it was Felino. Now it's been Curtis Lazar, who I got to tell you something. I, I mean, I, I thought it last year too, but Lazar is a really nice, really nice player. He knows what to do out there. He's a smart player out there. Maybe when it's all said and done on a really good team, he's a great team, he's a fourth liner. But so what? He can play. But DeBrusque, you know what? He's getting chances. He's creating you know uh, opportunities for his team. Yes, only two goals, but along with, Liz, uh, with uh, Lazar and Holla, especially Holla, they give the third line an awful lot of speed. I'm telling you, last night that third line was the best line the Bruins had at five on five. They were rewarded with 16 to 18 minutes of ice time each. They started the period one and two because Bruce wanted them to get going. They did everything right. They've been really good, just haven't scored as much, but Jake Had a hard year last year, JB, with the COVID situation. Young guy, single guy, isolated guy, like many other young players who probably haven't been as forthright about it. He admitted it was very difficult on him emotionally last year.
0: So clearly, Saturday night, you give the edge to Boston when it comes to if the stars cancel each other out. Because for the Leafs, Billy, I, I think... When it comes to the third and fourth line, they're still working on an identity.
2: Well, you know what the Bruins are, I think are working on the that identity too. Maybe I have you know recency bias, Kipper, that I see them so much. And at least last night they had some nice identity against Florida on Wednesday. It was uh, I'm sorry, last Saturday it was better too. Um, you, you know, look, I don't need to tell you guys. Toronto's got they got mega stars up front. I always look at it how much are the Toronto Stars willing to play the 200 foot game? We know Tavares does. What's the engagement level on the other guys? If they cancel each other out, I don't know. I, I think it ends up being just a great game. I'd say the home team may have an advantage because of the matchups, but this is big. There's no question about it. It's not a must win game for either team early in the season. But man, like going back to your intro, it sure feels good. Hockey night in Canada, Saturday night. The two of the big boys meeting up with each other. It's just nice to say, I got something fun to look forward to again. They haven't played, I think, in 700 and something days, 23 days or something like that. Something yeah. crazy these two organizations
1: have. not Sheldon Keith was saying he hasn't coached against them yet, which is crazy. This is his third season with the Leafs. So uh, weird things, yeah. weird things there. Um, Going through kind of stats and everything, kind of getting ready to chat with you, one of the things that stood out to me was Taylor Hall has played like 15 minutes and change a game, 15-46. I guess that's not changed. So less than 16 minutes a night, though. I mean, has he lived up to the billing, five points in eight games? Where is he versus expectations?
2: Uh, up and down, um, mm-hmm. really good. Round and then late last couple have been real good. Again, he had a really good game the other night against Florida. He was very quiet against Carolina and Florida on the road. Was it a matchup thing? Was it a Bruins thing? Eh, maybe a little bit of both. Um, I would say that he personally, you can tell he loves being in Boston with the Bruins. It's his, This is one of those places where he can do what he's got to do. Doesn't have to be the number one guy. And I think it fits his personality really well. And he's working his ass off. He's doing all the right things. Does he need to sometimes it feels like be a little bit more engaged to my eyes. Yeah. Here and there. But I think that, you know, along with his linemates, Charlie Coyle, who's gotten off to a nice start who needed to really needed to. And Craig Smith has been battling something nagging lower body in and out. I do think they form a nice line, but I do think that line's got to get, it's got to get jamming uh, a bit more yet. I say that and Coyle, you know, he's produced a couple of goals, a few snipes. That is a good sign, but Taylor Hall to me, You know, he's getting top-unit power play minutes, and I do think he's readjusting to be in that net front presence because net front isn't just about tipping pucks, as you guys know. It's about recovering pucks, maybe even more than anything, especially for guys that like to move it like Marshan Pasternak, and Bergeron. And so he's trying to get into that rhythm, that role, and I'm hoping that that accelerates him, gets him going a bit more. So, again, long way of saying it, but it's been inconsistent. It's been really good when he's been involved, and at times it's been too quiet when he hasn't.
0: Billy, one more for you here, because we just saw uh, the richest contract in Boston history go to Charlie Coyle, and I watched Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand be underpaid as much as anybody. Charlie McAvoy. Char- what did I say? Charlie Coyle. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Too many Charlie's
0: McAvoy at 9.5. And it's so unlike the Boston Bruins to give it away that fast and that high. And yet we see Bergeron with one year left on his deal. I had heard last year that he was going to keep his thoughts very close to himself on whether or not he even wanted to play next year. What are you hearing?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, i we're hearing, I think what you're hearing, that he's just going to take next year when next year happens. And I don't think he's going to wait until next September. Bergeron will get through this season. And I think he's earned the right to. It doesn't bother me at all that Patrice Bergeron, who's played, you know, what, what, I think it's his 18th year, it doesn't bother me at all that he's saying, let me just get through this season. His body has been through everything. I mean, it's so well documented, the injuries he's played with, played through, recovered from, et cetera. And he's done everything for the Bruins. So I'm fine with him taking his time. I don't think he's going to leave them hanging. With regard to the McAvoy contract, I mean, they had no choice, Kipper. They had no choice but to sign it, given guys that had made that same contract, or give or take, you know, 250 grand, same contract, that in my eyes, and this is not a Bruins, uh, you know, black and gold covered glasses. This is a hockey analyst talking. I think McAvoy is, better than a lot of those guys that got the nine to nine and a half million dollar contract. And therefore they had no choice, but to give it to him. It was probably the easiest contract. Yes. The richest, but the easiest that they had to give. So, you know, I think everybody on the team looks at it and says that makes sense. Bergeron's probably saying, listen, I know I'm going to make whatever when I, if I sign the contract, that's not going to be a hard one. If he plays after this year. And then you've got posture who's up the following year. And then I think marshan has got two years left. On his deal.
0: Billy, enjoy the game Saturday night, man. We really appreciate your time.
2: Hey, all we need is some Deb Berman wardrobe, you and I, and we're just fine, Kipper. We're right back at it again. You know what I mean, buddy? We're right back at it. Let's I'll, do
0: it. I'll sneak you in the building. You go in the wardrobe room. You pull out 10 suits. Nobody will see a <laughs> thing, bud.
2: <laughs> I, I love it. We Easy we to get through customs. No problem.
0: We call that the Brad May. <laughs> Thanks, Billy.
2: I'll share my
1: story one day.
0: See you later. <laughs> okay. See you, <laughs> Billy Jaffe, NCAA, NHL
1: hockey analyst for Nesson. Deb told me she had to dress you extra nice, Skipper.
0: She did. She did. Uh, you went the other day to Harry Rosen's, didn't you?
1: Not Harry Rosen's, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, you're muted. You're muted. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I said, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she took you somewhere nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're on uh, different levels. You <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Hey.
0: With all due respect to Billy, uh, they did have a choice. B- Boston, Boston screwed this up. Think so? Yeah, they did. Oh, I love Macaboy. Love it. We're going to go to break or can I get into why they screwed it no, up? Let's hear it, please. Okay. I, anything where the Bruins same, screw up, I want to hear. Same. And we had this conversation, the Mitch Marner conversation, mm-hmm. that could have done it early. Early. Absolutely early. And where they screwed it up is they went for a, a bridge at around 4.9.
1: That's what they offered him, 4.9? No, uh, his last contract. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I and I don't saying. know
0: whether it was uh, three or four years, a, 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 uh, a 4.9 for three years. That's when you needed to go, hey, Charlie,
1: what if we're, we're, we're going
0: to make you the highest-paid guy, and we're gonna come, you're going to come in at 6.9, and you pass Patrice over eight years. It's
1: like, oh, what, do you want to be the highest-paid player in the Boston Bruins, Charlie? Are you going to say no to that?
0: He's, he, he would not have said no for that. And you still would have had him now for probably like six more years. You know what though? Five more years at, I don't at think. six, nine. And Mitch Marner, the same thing. They just needed to get to him earlier. Yeah. And offer him an eight year deal.
1: I honestly part of the, I honestly believe that part of that was Lou Lamorello telling Kyle Dubas for years if you have time, use it. If you have time, use it. You know, don't do something early.
0: What's that old saying? The price of poker never goes down.
1: Yeah. I do believe there are some guys, though you just can't give eight years to seven years. Same thing. Like you can't give everyone in the NHL seven years who's any good. You can,
0: you can the really good ones. Sure, McAvoy. You just need to make sure you got one of those guys.
3: So say Patrice Bergeron. I mean, I would just love if he would retire. Oh, Uh, please retire, Patrice. You've done enough. You've had a great career. That's just leaf palm. Oh yeah, hundred percent, thousand percent. But what would his contract look like next year if he's looking for a new deal? What's he coming in at?
1: I you know, I said this to you before, but like I don't how do you give Nick Backstrom nine and a half million dollars and then you know, I'm just yeah. thinking of old guys who've proven it in the league and then say to Bergeron, you're worth less than that. I
0: see, he is out of any player in the league. Different. Out of out of every every player in the league, he'd be the least one I'd go, It's about the money. So if he comes back, I certainly would see him on a one year deal. And now you're and he's negotiating against himself. That's what happens. You want to take ten? We'll give you ten, but ten means that you got less of a chance to win. So he'll probably take mm.
1: seven and a half. Has anyone seven. ever? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. What's the whatever lowest he wants it to be dollar amount that you can remember a player taking to be on a good team. Didn't Timu Solani play for a million bucks? Like not not long after his prime. Well, I, I oh, joke, Jason's bad. Yeah, side. we
0: we joke around. Jason, yeah. uh, he'd take less if he could. He'd but, pay, but. Uh, that, again, these Crosby
1: guys, taking eight seven. I think is arguable that like, he's not worth they're, they're double not, that in his prime. They have got a
0: hundred schmil in the bank. Yeah.
3: They can take whatever they want. It's like me, it's like me paying twelve bucks every Thursday morning. That's what that's what that's what Jason would do.
1: <laughs> Drop in fee? Yeah, a little twelve. Do you bucks. have your toonie? 10's not going to
3: cut it. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah,
0: twelve for how one hour?
3: Yeah, twelve for an hour. Yeah, it's not a bad. deal The guy runs it, so you send him an e transfer, and you yeah. got credits, and he runs it. It's great. It's awesome. Sounds very efficient. It is. That doesn't
0: cover your insurance, though. No, I can't. Or never, anyone else is when you're so. on the ice. I'm not going fast enough to worry about insurance, buddy. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break here. We got Luke Fox,
3: NHL writer on Sportsnet, oh, and texts. And
1: oh, yeah, text
0: us.
3: Is it Friday tax? It's Friday tax, baby. So fire them in now. Get mean them in ones, now.
0: Mean ones. We want mean ones. Oh, do we? Are we sure. We'll find <laughs> us a mean one. Yeah. Okay. All right. That and more coming up after the break. Real Kipper and Born. JB, early in the show, we were talking about Sergeyev uh, out for two games, but it's been drawn to my attention that that uh, with even with uh, no history or no record, uh, illegal check to the head is two games. That's kind of the standard right is now.
1: It? I guess, yeah, there, there must have been some reason. I'm, it is a little bit harsher than we would have anticipated, I think, but, I mean, pretty cleanly illegal you know t- tough to wiggle out of that way. All that
0: right, way. we got Luke Fox here, NHL writer for SportsNet. He's been uh, all over this uh, uh Jack Campbell story too. Uh I don't know if you saw this uh uh, rep- uh report today where uh the agent uh, Kurt Overhart and I quote uh I think that he told uh Michael Tracos, this, that uh, whoever said we are talking is full of crap. (laughs) That's me. That's me, everybody. That's me. Own it. So, uh, and then he says the bottom line is it's friggin' November. People need to relax and let him play hockey. Now, there's a part of me that thinks that Kurt's also talking to the Toronto Maple Leafs, telling them back off. He's going to play hockey and you're going to keep watching his price go up. That's what I think is (laughs) going on here. What do you think? Luke?
4: Oh, wow. Kipper, you're stirring stuff up already. I love it. Um, I I think he's playing absolutely incredible. I mean, they, they don't, they don't win that game last night. They don't get a point if he doesn't stand on his head. Like he stops brain point, uh, right in the slot, stamp coast a couple of times, uh, you know, he, he kept them in it. And then, you know, with him pulled, they tie it up, and then they get the winner in OT. Uh, I'd hate to think what the Leafs record would be if Jack Campbell wasn't putting in the performance he has this year. He's He's been phenomenal. And you know what? He's been better with the media, too. Uh, he's been a little bit less hard on himself. Um, there's been times. But it, I think someone got talking to him in the off season, and I think he understands that he can't, Go out in front of the microphones and absolutely rip him, rip himself. Um, it's not a smart play. So I think off the ice and on the ice, uh, he's taken another step. And the other thing is, you look at the other guys in the free agent class next summer for goaltenders, and it's pretty thin. You know, I don't, I don't think the Leafs are going to be paying big bucks for Darcy Kemper. Um, you know, he was out of their price range before when he was on the trade market so uh, they like him he likes being with them it's just a matter of of the price but that is interesting that that overhart came out and said you're you're full of it next (laughs)
1: at least he was direct you know (laughs) so we're we're like a month into the season here not even and peter mrazik hasn't really had a good moment and you know that's not uh criticism so much as just the guy's been hurt his performances haven't been awesome i think the expectation was that these guys would be a tandem at some point. What is going on with Mrazek? Do you think he's going to get in you know, this weekend? Or is it one of those things where you just kind of buy him some time, let him get healthier, and, and hope he finds his way later on?
4: I think the second one. But, yeah, Justin, like, this is not gone according to plan at all. This was supposed to be 1A, 1B. And Mrazek comes in with more job security, more money than Jack. And Jack is absolutely run away with the number one position. Um, Mrazek's played five periods. Like, uh, yeah, he got Mm -hmm. the, the win against Detroit, but he didn't look fantastic. And then, you know, he's only half participating in practice and... A uh, colleague of mine overheard him, you know, mentioning that his groin was was still hurting. Uh, to one of the training staff, and they figured, okay, he's good enough to back up last night, but I don't know if he's ready to to start. I mean, they, they got to be careful with with this groin. I mean, they've they've committed two seasons beyond this one to Mrazik. Like you don't want to wear him out. And the fact that Jack's playing well right now is is wonderful. But there's great concern in that organization about wearing Jack out as well. I mean, uh, you know, he had his issues last year. So this is, this is a pretty delicate balance. Considering how well Campbell's played, though, I'd be, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get the start Saturday against Boston.
0: So, so Luke, it's, it's clear to the whole world that they wanted a 1-A, and, a, and it's pretty clear to me up until this point that Jack says, don't negotiate with me. As a 1 and a 1A. I, wanna, I want the net.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, he does. He does. I mean, he, he's, he's all smiles, and he's a great teammate, and he says, you know, tremendous things about Mrazik, and he's happy to be a partner. But I think any, any professional athlete, especially a guy that was a first-rounder, you know, years ago, uh, a guy who's made just a shade over $4 million total in the last decade being in the league or in the AHL as well, um, this is his one chance. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he and, and, and he finally has some momentum. Like his teammates absolutely love him. The coach trusts him. Uh, you know, the fans uh, have fallen in love with the guy. Like I go to every game and, and the, the soup chant just keeps getting louder and louder. Um, you know, they've they've replaced the, the Freddy chance pretty easily. Um, so, you know, he, his leverage just keeps going up. And the other thing I was thinking about, I mean, of course when it comes to team USA you're thinking Connor Hellebuck John Gibson, maybe Thatcher Demko. But if Campbell keeps this up, it's like, is he not in the conversation for one of those three spots? Hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty interesting.
1: That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah I hadn't even I, thought of that. I would think so. Yeah. Uh, that will be interesting to follow for sure. He's been very good. Um, you know, we wanted to, to get your take on something that we discussed earlier on the show today, which was, the Leafs' D right now, there are rumors that Dermot and Hall are potentially on the block. Hall's in the press box for three games in a row. Timothy Lilligren is apparently Nick Lidstrom. I don't know what, exactly <laughs> what's going on, but what is the status of the Leafs' decor? And I guess your take on where things are going to go.
4: Yeah, it's it's really in flux. I mean, outside of Riley uh, and maybe Brody, they they don't know what they got. I mean, they, they thought they had a, mm-hmm. a quality defenseman in Jake Muzzin and we this isn't the Jake Muzzin we're used to seeing. I mean, you saw it last night, guys, on that first goal. Um, he looks slow. I don't know if he's, he's still recovering from the groin issue that ended uh, his playoffs early against Montreal. I don't know. Um, we've asked him and he said he's fine, but he looks like a little bit shaky and you hope it's health. You hope it's not all of a sudden age catching up to him. And then you got you know, the, the third pair of Sandin and Lilligren, which I, I really think the organization wants those guys um, to take a step because one, they're cheap and they're, they're still under team control beyond this year. And there's so few prospects that this team has drafted and developed and they've, gone on to become permanent members of the team it would be nice if they if they're able to do that with those two guys who are also you know good buddies off the rink but then you have this situation with justin hall who went minus seven over seven games looked out of sync austin matthews is yelling at him in the one game uh and you know okay we're going to help you scratch him once just to send a message but now it's three games and who knows maybe four games like do you mess with a winning lineup, with a when you're on a four-game win streak, and take Lilligren out when he's looked fine, not against then, the
0: Boston Bruins, Luke.
4: Yeah, yeah, and then and then if you're trying to trade Hall, what what are you doing to his value if he's sitting? So it, it's a really interesting conundrum that they have going on here.
0: The other thing we talked about is no question that the big four are going again. Creativity's there, the results are there, but then you start looking down that lineup of. Uh, uh, three and four, and, you know, I used the word identity, and I think they they lack one here. Uh, Is it it a concern here in your eyes?
4: Well, you know what? Honestly, the third line I think has more of an identity than it ever has in the last, what, four or five years, but their identity isn't one that scores, right? They get all D-zone draws, um, you know they kill penalties and they basically hope for a soft every shift and best case the puck ends up in the in the o zone, and they go off and one of the the big lines comes out um, it seems to be that that is the third line's identity it would be nice if you could count on um, more offensive contributions from from that group but when they're starting every shift in the d zone i don't know if you can do it so you go back to living and dying by your big guys. And, you know, it's no coincidence that over this four-game win streak, every one of that core four has averaged at least a point a game. Um, as for the fourth line, you know, I think you can, it's, it's almost impossible to knock Jason Spezza's contributions to this team, whether it's on the power play, whether it's on the leadership front. Um, I almost see him as like a, a Reggie Dunlop character. He's like, you know sheldon keith's go-to guy in terms of uh that conduit between the coaching staff and the players um and he works with everyone even even marley's guys if he has time he'll he'll talk to them and work on their game uh simmons i I, i'm not mad at him right now um i i think he's he's done okay uh you know would have been great if he had scored on that breakaway last night but it, it was him that stood up in that Chicago game when things were going south and and rallied them. And and I think there's a lot of intangibles that he brings that the Leafs really appreciate. Um, Nick Ritchie, uh, you know, I think he, he had some chances last night. He looked a little bit better, but right now he's tending towards a misplaced allotment of funds. The
1: uh, Simmons, thing is interesting. We talked a little bit earlier on the show about uh, the response to the Sergachev hit on Marner, which, you know, Tavares was upset and in his face and did his best uh, to, to show displeasure, but there wasn't real pushback from the team. Did you want to see more from the Maple Leafs in that instance, or, or is it something you're okay with the way that that all played out?
4: you know what just i was actually like debating that and i was sitting beside uh sean mckenzie up in the press box and we were debating that exact same thing mm-hmm. as it was unfolding and you know what i think it was because it was a 1-0 game i think that's why he held off and and the fact that this was divisional opponent opponent they're trying to get some traction they're trying to build on this win streak wins haven't been coming easy for them so I wonder if there was maybe a conversation like now is not the time or maybe just Simmons is such a, a veteran, a pro, that he sensed now wasn't the time to, to really go after him because then what happens if you, if you take an instigator and that Tampa Bay uh, power play is you know basically second to none, it's so lethal, um, then maybe you're out of the game if he does that.
0: Clearly you and Sean McKenzie see the game differently than I
4: do. What would you have done Kipper?
0: That <laughs> may have been my last shift of the night. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair
1: enough.
4: I would have
0: been escorted to the, to the Zamboni entrance or the gate to the dressing room. And I, my night would have been over.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that- I,
4: I, I see it. I see it. Like you don't want to be looked at as a pushover team, but. I don't know. I think maybe if Tampa had a scored one, even one more and there was a, a larger gap, maybe then you do it. But it was such a, a tight game, and that there was still so much left to go that I think maybe the, the score had an effect.
0: Uh, game in March, maybe. Game 11,
4: uh-uh. Okay. That's fair. That's fair.
0: Uh, when it t- comes to Nick Ritchie, we've been hard – no question on him, uh, and he did have a presence there. But I really think at this point now, if you if you want to establish uh, an identity for even maybe a fourth line, that's it. I look at Nick Ritchie, JB, and 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 you, Luke, and turn yourself into a, a maroon. Mm. You know, it, it's not so bad.
1: Oh, that's the dream. I think that's
0: best case scenario, uh, isn't it? it, it Get a few Stanley Cup rings <laughs> yeah. in the process, but maybe that's the best Nick Ritchie can be. Is just pl- find a, a fourth line role, and if there's spot duty every once in a while, you can go up. But that may be the best it gets for Nick Ritchie.
4: uh yeah, but Nick, if you if you talk to people who've played with Nick Ritchie and people who've played with Pat Maroon, Nick Ritchie's not coming up, becoming a Pat Maroon. Like Pat Maroon is held in high regard by his teammates. There's a reason why. Stanley Cup teams want him on on their bottom six Uh, like Nick Ritchie has to has to prove it and I I, like I don't know if he can maybe he can you know I don't want to write him off after but you know like you said game 11 but this is the third organization he's been with like he wasn't even qualified by the Bruins
1: yeah no it's a it's a different type of you make a very
0: valid point You're, you're absolutely right I I just look at them and I see them a similar uh, body frames. They're probably known. They're not known for their quickness or their agi- agility. They can finish. They can f- put a puck in the net every once in a while. But they can lean on guys. They can play heavy. They can create a forecheck. They can.
1: Maroon seems to delight in being out there and on guys, though, right? Like yes. running his mouth.
0: But you're right. Um, it's it's the character too that Maroon has developed into one of the better ones in, in recent history.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to get your take on another guy that's kind of floating about this Maple Leafs lineup and feels a bit undefined for Andre Kasher right now. I know he's a part of that defensive unit where they start in the D zone and they do defense and they get off the rink. But like this guy scored 20 in the league. He's supposed to be able to have some upside. Being tied to camp is not awesome. What are your thoughts on what he's given from the team? Uh, And also, do you think that he's going to get killed at some point because he gets rocked every single hockey game?
4: yeah every time he gets hit <laughs> I just I every throw Every time in there. he gets hit i get I get worried I know. um you know, I was actually talking to someone last night um uh from the Tampa bay lightning and he said, You know, I'm kind of surprised that this guy is continuing his career, like you know what happens if he has another concussion then then you start to get into quality of life um you know fair, uh but you on the other side, I, I think he's, he's done fine. You know, Keith really likes him. He's fine. Uh, I don't think he makes... There hasn't been a game where I felt like, oh, Kasha made an impact in that game. And then when you, you look back on that 20-goal season, he was playing with Getzlaff, and that was two teams and a bunch of years ago. And I don't know if he's that guy. That said, if there's an injury uh, to a winger in, in the top six maybe he gets a chance, right? Like maybe because he does have some wheels and he does have some hands, maybe he gets an opportunity and maybe he can be a complimentary guy if he's playing with superstars, um, but he's not going to drive that offense on his own.
0: What what else are you working on? Uh, We saw your story on Campbell the other day. You got anything coming up uh, this weekend or you're just going to sit back and watch the brewing game?
4: (laughs) Oh, no, they make me work all the time. I I actually have, have I've actually been talking to some people from Penn State and um, trying to draw a, a parallel with how uh, the Sandusky thing went went down there and the aftermath of it and how they changed their their policies in terms of reporting sexual abuse um, in light of the Kyle Beach and the Blackhawk situation and uh, some pretty insightful stuff. So I'm um, hoping to drop that this weekend.
0: Wow, that's some interesting yeah. stuff. We'll look forward to yeah. that.
1: Good stuff, Luke. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on, buddy.
0: Thanks, Luke.
1: Yeah. Hey, um, um, I never did ask this. Uh, are
0: you related to Fox in, uh, with the New York Rangers? Oh, I wish. i would wish. <laughs> lend a, us some it, money. I'd be hitting him up for money. <laughs> oh, up for loan. man. Oh, man. Did so, that guy hit pay dirt, Adam Fox. Oh, God. Yeah. He is so good. <laughs> he is <laughs> so good. He is, is good. like a surgeon out there. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, too bad. Ah, I should have known. Yeah, you wish. guys aren't related. I,
4: I, I should start telling people I am, though. <laughs> 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 All
0: God. right. The other Fox.
4: Thanks, buddy. Okay. Luke Fox,
0: guys. everybody, with Sportsnet.ca. Yeah, I knew he wasn't related. I just wanted to make him feel bad that he can't get one penny of that contract.
1: I know. I feel bad, and I'm not even of the same name. You know what you did?
0: uh, Who sent this out earlier today? Um, And it was Potential Campbell Comparables.
1: Yeah, I fired that into the group chat. Yeah, yeah, that was
0: your, your group chat. So how many names do you have here? One, two, three. All right, 12. 12, yeah. do you want to go
1: through it a little bit here? Yeah, well, so I'll do top end, bottom end. All right. The, the, the top end guys are uh, like Bennington, Grubauer, and Merz ages 27, 29, and 28. And they made uh, their deals were six, six, and five years and between six and 5.4 million. Those are big deals, right? Six years times 5.4, six years times six. That's a lot. Bennington, Grubauer, Merz But I think that's the ceiling for Campbell, the absolute ceiling. For Campbell. The floor, then, is guys like Dredger just did three, 3, 3 years times 3.5. The floor is really morazic. Three years at 3.8. From there, there's a couple of names. You know, Freddie Anderson just did two years at four point one or 4.5. Thatcher Demko is probably, you know, 5.5 5 too high. Freddie got
0: 4.5 with, like, a horrific season.
1: How about Allmark? Four years, 5 million each.
0: That one surprised me that the Boston Bruins would go there. But uh, UC still, Sorrow's 27, same contract. 27 more, more years time. of age. And Jack, if I'm not mistaken, is 30 turning 30? 30.
1: 29 today. I don't know when he turns 30.
0: Today's his birthday?
1: No, I just. So quite, you list out those names there. How many
3: guys on that list would you rather have than Jack Campbell? If you're going to win a game tomorrow night, how many guys would you rather have than Jack Campbell? His
1: birthday's in January. Turns well, in January.
3: that's...
0: He's hot right now. But he's
3: been hot for a long time now. You know? Like, he's
0: been... Well, prov- proved himself give, as one of the better goalies. Give me
1: groove Give me Grubauer. Would give you, me Soros.
0: Would you have asked that question after Pittsburgh's loss? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Still, like.
0: Listen,
3: I was ready to quit my job and never watch the Leafs again after the Pittsburgh loss, so I don't really know what I would have thought. But, uh, <laughs> yeah... It's a fair question, but like I really do feel like he's kind of nudging his way into the upper okay. echelon of goaltenders in the league. Elvis
1: Merzlikens at twenty eight, having a contract that's five times five point four, is the one that scares me if I'm the Leafs.
0: That's comparable age. Cal Peterson at twenty seven, three times five. Three times five, and like Jordan Bennington, like that's a story for the ages. That guy was kicked to the curb. A a hundred times over the two seasons that he wasn't playing for St. Louis. And yet like won his cup, got his money, won his cup, Matt Murray, got his money, won a cup, won two cups, got his money. If, if Jack is even in the first round and loses, you got to assume judging if he can stay healthy, and even if he pulls back, I don't know, five percent, ten percent of his play,
1: mm-hmm. not a huge drop off. He's starting with a five. But you know what, Kipper? If he is let's say he's a nine twenty this season, he's we're talking about him as a Vesna candidate, and they go into the first round of the playoffs and they're playing anyone, yeah. and he's god awful and they lose in four, not gonna pay him. They're not they're not See, gonna I, pay. I think him. you're wrong. They're not going to pay a guy who they don't think the they can example. play in the playoffs. Freddy and
0: they got rid of Freddie. And Freddie's still
1: got 4-5. Fred, sure, Freddie will get paid, but not with Toronto. Toronto doesn't... They want a guy they believe in. I'm
0: not talking about whether or not Toronto... I'm oh, not you're, saying, I'm you're saying, saying Jack will get his money. Jack will get
1: his money. And I'm saying Toronto okay. might not want Jack if he can't win in the playoffs. Well, I don't, even if he doesn't win
0: in the playoffs, he still may be better than anything else out there right now.
1: Oh, the, introducing the, the, Peter Mrazek, starting there, goalie.
0: There is... There is not a huge market coming up. Jack Campbell could own the top of the UFA goaltending market this summer. And if you really look closely, I bet you could find half a dozen, if not eight, maybe ten teams that would take a run at Jack Campbell this summer.
1: Would you hinge your, your future wealth like this on your health? Given his history, given his previous health, he's talking about the difference between four and a half and what? Five and a half mil? Would you want to risk getting hurt and then saying, uh, if, my, if, I just can't go? If,
0: if Jack does not miss significant time for his groin, he will have passed that test.
1: He should have a hydroculator right. installed in his car and heat packs on that groin do, all year. He should just be walking around but, uh, with heated
3: do you, groins. Do you guys want to hear the free agent goalies? Yes, this, I do. This, this, uh, this coming up in 2022. So it's Marc-Andre Fleury, Miko Koskinen, Darcy Kempfer, Thomas Grice, Yaroslav Halak, Jornis Korpisalo, Corey Schneider, Pavel Francus, or Frankoos, Holtby, Martin Jones, Jack Campbell, Riddick. Casey to Smith, Phoenix Copley. Way too many names. For it's just
1: getting. Track of.
0: Okay, so Kemper is on a team expecting to win the Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, Kemper and Corpusallo stood out to me there.
0: That's Bryce that's... has been pretty good for yeah. um, for Detroit,
3: isn't he?
1: No, old balls loose again. No. No. In fact, old
0: my guess is that Jack Campbell, who has made it crystal clear he loves it here, he wants to play here, but he wants to get paid. If he has a decent year, I would put the Detroit Red Wings on the top of the list for Jack Campbell next year. Michigan mm. kid. Hmm. Wow, now
3: you're really ruffling feathers.
1: Right? <laughs> 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 Just it's a Friday, can you imagine, you're in the mood. Oh, imagine Jack would put out like a formal apology. You are, you are uh, so easily can rattled I, well,
0: on no, a Friday. I, you can, can't take this. Can, Super no. fan Sammy uh, cannot take this. I will
3: say, I'm back. Boys, I'm back. <laughs> After last night, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. But you are wearing a Leafs hat for the first, first day time. of this year. First time I wore the Leafs hat. Yeah, quarter-roy <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leafs hat. Nice. Listen, well, I can't handle another beloved goalie going to Detroit. It already happened with Kudrow. Can't do it with Jack. Sammy, we
1: got any texts or tweets or anything? We got a more. lot of texts. Right. So, nope. Okay, I'm not. No, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Give me do, we, The Jack Campbell horse has been beaten here. No, it has not. <laughs> I'm telling you, that horse isn't even out of the gate. <laughs> just a year-long just right. rubbing. All right, Sammy.
3: Um, let me see here. What do we got?
1: <sighs>
3: the problem with Marner is when he's not scoring or getting assists, he offers you nothing. The way I see it <laughs> is that you can't get by the first round here. He's the one that's got to go. So how many of you guys in the league are giving you something if they're not scoring and getting assists?
0: Sammy, when you're not producing, you're useless. Well, <laughs> You know, there's nothing. Nothing, Sam. You have to offer if you're not producing.
1: You know, the, the hockey puck is generally in the other team's end when Mitchell's on the ice. So when it's not, when it's not going in, he's doing your team some benefit, creating chances, doing a lot Let's of good Let's just come things.
0: to the conclusion, until they win the Stanley Cup.
1: It's never going to be good enough for the it, never
0: going to be good enough. You're right. All right, this is a great
1: text. I'm team Marner today.
0: Steve from Toronto.
3: The Leafs power play is like that dysfunctional couple that everyone knows should break up but they don't because they live together and they have a good time once a month.
1: <laughs> the potential's there. You can see how it works when everyone's in well, a good mood.
0: there's no question they have great chemistry off the ice. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, truly, you can see what it could be, right? Like when there are those, those flashes of greatness that cross seemed to Matthews, like there's a you know, Marner below the goal line making plays to Tavares coming downhill at the slot to bury one, you can see how it can work in a beautiful way, can't you?
0: You just got to assume it's a matter of time before it catches.
1: I know, but you know but what? That's what? That what was last season going into playoffs. It was like, it'll come. He, he
0: is right, though, that uh, th- there is no choice. No. That you just uh, you keep going to therapy. Go to therapy, couple. Yeah. Couple just therapies. That's out. that's the only uh, thing I can offer the Leafs power play.
1: Just tell each other what you would do differently.
3: This is interesting, and I, I don't think it does matter, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I'm interested in it. Does last night in front of Cooper help Riley and JT's Olympic chances, or does it not matter at all? Uh, thanks, guys. SJ from North York.
1: Good question. Um, I'm curious Kipper's thought on that. I, I, I think, have one.
0: I think Cooper watched two average teams play, and he, it pissed him off. That's what I think.
3: He was a grump
1: in that <laughs> he presser,
3: was wasn't he? Well, they had the, they had the Zoom Thing going still because yeah. I guess people didn't travel from Florida or whatever, so they had the beat writers, and there was some malfunctions, let's, and he did not look happy. Let's
0: just really call it the way it is here. This, this, they lost they're, their they're, they're team. There's still booze in their blood from the Stanley Cup, <laughs> and it may take a while. And uh, you know, some had suggested maybe a few guys were out last night uh, or the night before the game in Toronto. Just a little, you know, post late celebration dinner again, again, and again. You know what though? I think you can beat that. <laughs> you
1: you can do that. They're not th- they're not in they're not in real true game mode. We had Dave Anderchuk on yesterday, and he said that when they got their cup rings, Cooper said, "Okay, now time to turn the page on last season, focus on this year." And the boys were like, "Yeah, yeah, eh, scramp- we'll make we'll, we'll make that
0: call, bud." Yes, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. hear that late uh, what january yeah we'll be just fine
3: i thought it was interesting that both coaches absolutely hated their teams last night you know Did keith keith was, hate team? he wasn't thrilled at all like he was he had some moments talking about how he hated the first period and he wasn't thrilled. i
0: think i think it's clear that sheldon keith has to find a way to just find the positives off of this first 10 11 games well, you know
1: what sheldon could do more and do better in my minimal experience with him it's just say nothing like, like, don't go into the room after oh, the game. Are you turning him into Tortorella? No comment. No, 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 not in the press. I love when he talks to the press. He's got yeah. a lot of very insightful things to say. Uh, you know how, how it is when no, a coach no, they, comes in they, every meetings, intermission. They,
0: they've got meetings up the yin yang. Yeah.
1: You do PP meeting, PK meeting, yeah. you know, five on five, That's not our team, their team, every day. Is that like, is it like that everywhere? No. Just a guy like Quenville is it? Well, mm, 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 okay. just
0: this, this organization's got more departments than. Like Sears,
1: right? Okay. And then so these guys have these meetings for video that I just named all the different scenarios they meet, and then there's individual player meetings where they pull the guys in, and then there's workouts and yes. personal and mental health. Yeah. And There's you know and
0: I, and trust me, sometimes the, the you players, don't need the coach to
1: come in the room. The guys know
0: the players do get sick of it,
1: right? right? Like the players sometimes know what they did wrong. Give them some credit that they know. What's the,
0: up. Those meetings aren't optional.
1: So you don't think those
3: super-specialized meetings, do you think that's unique to Toronto as opposed to other places around the league? I think they're more. More.
0: I think they're... Okay. Just a volume thing. Uh, also, with gotta,
1: Sheldon, he never, listen, ever takes it out. He never says we don't need to show him
0: that. There, there's a lot of people getting paid there. you got to justify <laughs> your job. The 40 coaches got to Yeah,
1: they're them. like, yeah, you're the road sleep guy <laughs> in hotel beds. <laughs> it's time for a meeting. Yeah, let's get that guy's take we could, on we this. call a meeting. All right, here's... Hey, guys, love
3: the show. Well, thank you. That's nice. Can Campbell play himself onto the usa
0: olympic yeah game. we had that conversation we did yeah when what are you new yeah was that
3: today <laughs> it's friday <laughs> yes, yes oh, it was sorry today. guys we I did
0: <laughs> we, we we did sorry
3: maybe i was getting talked to by derek back here i feel I like that.
1: i feel like it was from sam and no the, it was billy jaffe it was billy so jaffe what do we have <laughs> did you mention names gibson uh hellebuck
0: right he's the other yeah. guy and what could uh jonathan quick get in there
1: i'm missing somebody else oh, i'm he's sure been no good but no, that's three pretty, I can they lend Canada one? I know. Yeah, the, the Canadian goaltending situation is interesting on its own.
0: Cause... So let's get into that a little bit because Carey Price is coming off his 30 days and he's expected to kind of work himself back in a little bit uh, in the organization. And uh, As... if you're Carey Price, how, how thrilled would you
1: like to be coming back to this team right now? I got a couple of little nuggets here. The, uh, the Montreal Canadiens are bad. Did you guys know that? Very bad. So the bottom three teams in the league in goals allowed are Montreal, Chicago, and Arizona. The bottom three teams in, in goal differential, Montreal's right in there, right, right at the bottom of the league. Like, they're not just – they haven't been not great. They've they, given up
0: four or more goals in, in seven of their games.
1: Seven of their – whatever it's been, 11 games.
0: That's that's Unbelievable.
1: And so, yeah, Carey Price can go in and help that, but if he saves you one extra goal in those games, I don't know how many more you win. Like, you're still getting smoked. So, for, and, like, is, is, I'm not rushing back is, if I'm Carey.
0: Has he got so much clout that he can come back and help them minimally and, and still be the starter for Team Canada? Well, here's the only reason... Don't you run the risk if your management of Team Canada to... Go, okay, you, what don't, we done you, here? you can't give it to him just, just based on his reputation if if he's not looking fantastic.
1: Well, the other options are, what are they? Here they are. The other options are Biddington, Hart, Kemper, and Flurry. So I can tell you there's a clear demarcation line between two goalies here. Biddington and Hart have had very good seasons. Kemper and Flurry have had terrible seasons. Terrible seasons. Like... Kemper's just over 900 save percentage. Fleury's at an 8.86. So there, there, there is some stats and some uh, goals saved above expected sort of things. And Flurry and Kemper are deep in the pit so there too. If
0: you're Carey Price watching from afar, this is, besides being a pro and and having pride to earn your paycheck from the Montreal Canadiens, that's, that's the only thing that
1: excites me. Yeah. That's, it, so Canada's goalies, guys, could be Bennington and Hart. We just said about talked about yeah. Bennington, like Carter Hart this season is a nine twenty six. His goal saved above expected is very high, five point six. Not that anyone cares about that. Cause it's too fancy. That is very fancy. But, I mean, rock solid numbers. So is Carter Hart going to be the goalie? Like, uh, uh,
3: yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, because I mean, even if Carey Price comes back and he's playing, and, like, I mean, take as long as you need, Carey. I'm not saying to rush back here, but, like, even if he comes back and he's playing on the halves and they're getting lit up, like, what's his form going to look like heading into the Olympics? Like, even if he does come back... I'm sure there's a few Canada Team Canada execs that are pretty worried Our about
1: that. groins. Yeah, I was just gonna say, <laughs> what's Marty Barura? <laughs> like, get somebody back in here. Like wa Luongo. Yeah. And we're and gonna roll out that, Bennington Hart. How is that city?
0: They got booed off the ice against Ugh. the Islanders. Like, wow, how, like you have got Brock
1: Nelson scored four times.
0: What do you have left? Sixty-seven games to go here, seventy games? It's like yeah. oh my god. Something's it's gonna. This is a long year coming up.
1: Yeah, they're, they're they they got to do some work to catch Ottawa and boss and Buffalo here. Well,
0: start with figuring out what's going on with your general manager. Don't you can't just let this scenario string out.
1: Particularly because if you're going to make big changes, you would like the guy who's going to be there to make them. If, the, if so, if it's him, fine. But let's if, just if, do that. If then. it's a
0: hard no on the owner Molson to give Berger Bergervin. The extension that he wants cut him loose move now him right now yeah and if you need to go interim you go interim and you start your search now you do not wait to april or may
1: yeah yeah no that's the move
3: maybe yeah. Ru- maybe russia could lend canada a goalie too i'm just thinking like i'm watching vasileski last night and you know i'm thinking about the least but i'm starting to think about team canada at the olympics and boy that Vasilevsky is a scary proposition for Team Canada versus Russia.
1: By the way, it's going to be a superstar-making moment if Canada rolls into the Olympics and, like, Carter Hart is spectacular oh, or boy. something, you know? Yeah. Or really, even if it's Bennington. God, that's going to be hard if it's Bennington. I've been really oh, tra- boy. verbally me, wanting Team to fight Team Canada that
3: winning a gold medal with Jordan Bennington and net for me is just, like, be still my heart. Okay, that take is- it easy, guys. It's <laughs>
0: Friday,
3: and we just started November. Take it easy. So are, like, I, I love talking about Team Canada it's one of my favorite things in the world to do so. uh, you know
1: i'm only willing I'm to engage it. like now you I guys know. in august were like build the team oh, i would do Relax. it at any time i love it so yeah
3: big weekend for the least boys heading you know against the team they haven't played mike babcock was the coach the last time they played the boston bruins if you can believe that you know it's crazy
1: Man. uh are we are we gonna take a look at this boston team and do predictions here we got uh three three and a half minutes or so what are your thoughts Eric kipper
0: uh, I go Jack Campbell Saturday night.
1: You go with Campbell yeah, again. I do all Mrazik's. I think
0: just- I think it's uh, four two Leafs. Wow. Yeah, and the and the Jack magic continues.
3: Sammy, you want to? Well, I just like I was listening to Billy Jaffe. I guess not close enough because you guys talked about Jack Campbell. I completely went over my head, but you know the names he was mentioning outside of you know the the usuals in terms of Patrice Bergeron and. Um, Pasternak and Marchand—they're not your, you know—they're not the Boston Bruins of two or three years ago, the Krejci's of the world, and like that bottom six that would scare you. So mm-hmm. I think I'm a little less worried, but they still wear golden black, and yeah. you know they still have that B. So I don't know—I could see a world in which they lose the Bruins on Saturday night. I really could.
1: I'm—I'm I'm thinking it's time for the bottom six here that we've talked about a lot today to t- make some noise. Like, are we going to get a goal from Andre Kasha at some point? Camp Engval, one of these guys. No. You don't no. think so?
3: Well, Camp scored a big one against Chicago, but I think that may be his last. He's got no <laughs> offensive interest at all. It's no interest. He really doesn't. Like he, he just dumps defender. it from the top of the circle.
1: Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take some goals from the bottom six, and the Leafs win like a, another low scoring, like two nothing game. We'll say,
0: Sammy. It's clear as the Leafs uh, prepare for the Boston Bruins that you've still got like serious psychological damage from the Bruins. Scar- yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh. And where God, were yeah. you with the famous? meltdown Where, in 2013.
1: 13. No, yeah. Where
0: were you? Uh, I was at a bar uh, on King
3: Street, which is no longer there. I think it's called the Foggy Dew.
1: Wait, I'm, wait, wait. Yeah. Is that
3: true? Yeah, I was there.
1: Uh, you know that's like my house. Yeah, I live there. Yeah, I know. I know oh, okay. I,
3: and I, your house is called the Foggy Dew. I lived above it <laughs> and, and
1: across the street from it.
3: I was there. with. a I was meeting a softball team that I had never met them before for the first time we went to watch this game. And uh, my... Fiance was hanging around, being like, oh, let's just hang out with them after they lost. And I was
0: just <laughs> crying in my beer sour. And your fiance did not break up with you after she saw you cry I like a baby? I didn't cry. Oh, no, you did.
3: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, hopefully, there's no crying Saturday night for you, Sammy. That was a pretty good week. I was, buddy. It's a very fast one. Derek Brendao on tech. Give me one more Babcock.
1: You got one? Playing all the show outros. He's like, really? (laughs) Yeah. There he is. Sammy McKee. Enjoy
0: your weekend, buddy. Thanks, boys. JB, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for keeping me young. Nick, (laughs) Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, real Kipper and Bourne. Thanks for listening, everybody.